are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. The life of Joseph. Almost 4,000 years ago, this 17-year-old boy was sold into slavery by his brothers. And he was taken to a far-off country called Egypt. Now, ancient Egypt, I think, is hard for us to relate to. I have some pictures I want to show you. And really, these pictures that you're looking at are, are the ruins of ancient Egypt. Egypt was a place of uh, pyramids. It was uh, a place that was ruled by Pharaoh. Pharaoh was considered by his people to be a god himself. In fact, they believed that he was the physical form of the sun god. It was one of the most powerful nations in the world. And so in this very faraway place where Joseph didn't understand their customs and didn't know their language initially, he was forced to live as a slave and then as a prisoner. So I, I want to see if you can go with me in your imagination. This may seem hard for you. It feels hard for me, but let's, let's try it, okay? Let's, let's try to go to this one place that's in a part of town that you don't want to be found in, in this particular city in Egypt. But it's, it's a place that we should go. And so as you, as you get to this place, you realize there is a prison gate there. It's, a, it's an iron gate. It's open for you, but you, you don't want to go in. I don't want to go in. It's a scary place. We, we pass through the gate and immediately begin to descend down some very unformed stairs. And when we get to the bottom of the stairs, only lit by lanterns, we see something in this dungeon that we never thought we would ever see in our lives. It is people living in filth, wearing rags for clothing, sleeping on the dirt, not enough food to eat. This is a dungeon prison. And we don't want to hang out in this prison. These images, we won't get out of our mind for a long time. We did not know that human beings could survive in these kinds of conditions. And standing there, the person in charge is not the warden of the prison. But now 30 years old stands Joseph. The Lord was with him even in prison. And the warden put him over everything and everybody to try to gain and maintain some sense of order in that awful place. So let's just get out of there. You don't want to stay there. Let's, let's go across the city and let's go to another place. This is a, this is a palace. <laughs> this place is unbelievable. If you and I had walked in that palace today, if we had the opportunity to do that, we would be like, are you kidding me? 4,000 years ago, somebody had this much money? I mean, they built buildings like this 4,000 years ago. There are pools of water everywhere. There are beautiful women everywhere. There are servants everywhere. There is food everywhere. There is wine everywhere. And finally, you come before His throne, and on the throne is Pharaoh, one of the most powerful men in all the world. And yet Pharaoh... And Joseph, across town, have something in common. They both have faced situations and circumstances that they don't have answers for. They're both asking questions like, why? Why has this happened to me? 
What's the purpose in this? How long is it going to be that I'm in this situation? How long does this last? Is there something that I'm supposed to be learning? Am I supposed to be learning something because I'm going through this right now? It's, it's questions like you ask. It's questions like I ask. They're questions rather like we ask. And so often you find yourself in a situation and you say, Why, why God? Why am I going through this? Is, is there a purpose? I mean, if you just tell me there's a purpose, maybe that will help me get through it. I mean, maybe I could stand it a little better if I just knew there was a reason for this, you know? And how long is it going to be? How long does this last? I mean, it seems like it's been a long time and I'm just waiting for you to move, God. I'm waiting for something to change. Is there something, God, that I'm supposed to be learning? Because if I'm supposed to be learning it, hurry up and help me learn it so I can get beyond this. I'm just going through it. You ever feel that way? Stella says, oh yes, I feel that way today. So, I want you to open a Bible with me, will you, to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, and we'll start reading with verse 41. What happens is that uh, Pharaoh has had a dream. And he's heard about this Hebrew slave who has become the chief jailer. And in verse 14 of chapter 41, here's what happens. So Pharaoh, he sent for Joseph. And he was quickly brought from the dungeon... So these two men, you're telling me that the guy in the palace sends for the guy in the dungeon. That's what I'm telling you. And so Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. And when he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream. But I don't have any answers as to why I've had this dream. I don't know the purpose of the dream. I don't know how long it's going to be before I find out what the dream is about. I don't know if I'm supposed to be learning something from the dream. No one can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I want you to listen carefully to Joseph's response, okay? I cannot do it. Joseph replied to Pharaoh, But God, God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. If you drop down to verse 25, after he has told him this dream that he's had about these fat and sleek cows coming up out of the Nile but being swallowed by these ugly, gaunt cows, Verse 25, then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. He actually had two dreams. The other was about ears of grain. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years. The seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one and the same dream. The seven lean, ugly cows that came up afterward are seven years And so the seven worthless heads of grain, scorched by the east wind, they are seven years of famine. It is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt. But seven years of famine will follow. 
And then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it will be so severe. And the reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon. So this is God's word for us today. See, the reason that I stand up here on a Sunday and I feel it's so important to talk to you about the fact that every one of us have times and seasons in our lives when we ask questions like this. You know, God, I've got lots of questions. I don't have any answer. I don't know why that I'm going through what I'm going through. I, I, I don't know the purpose of it. I can't understand for the life of me what the value of this is. And I don't know how long it's going to last. I just know that I'm praying that it comes to an end. And I don't know if I should be learning something. And if I should, I hope I can hurry up and learn it because I want to get through this tough time. The reason I do that is because week after week after week here, I stand in aisles like this and in foyers and I'm on the phone and I'm at a hospital and, and after I've had a conversation with many of you, I pull up my phone and I say to you, let me just make a note. And I go to this one little page of my phone and it's where I keep all my prayer requests and I say to you, I will pray for you in the morning. When I get up and I pray, your name will be added to my list. Because this is where so many of us live. So many of us go through challenges in our lives. And so many times I just say to you, well, you know what I'm going to do tomorrow morning when I pray, I'm going to put you on my list. I'm going to pray for you. Because we're in that season of having lots of questions, but we don't have answers. So, When I think about a life like that, there's not a better example than Joseph. I think the one word that I would use to describe Joseph is unfair. I just want to scream, unfair! That's unfair! That he was hated by his brothers, that he was thrown into a pit, that he was sold into slavery, that's unfair. But but I remember saying to you before you left two weeks ago, When you walk out of here today, I want you to know in your hearts that when life is going really well, that God is with you. But when you're having the darkest day of your life, I want you to know also that in that moment, God is still with you. God's with Joseph when he becomes a slave. And Potiphar puts him in charge of everything in his house. God was with this man. Just like God is with you. Potiphar's wife falsely accuses him, as we learned last week, of wanting to sleep with her. He runs out of the house. We talked about what you do with sexual temptation. Sometimes you just take off running. And Joseph goes to bed that night on a prison floor with something that nobody could ever take away from him, knowing in his heart, I did the right thing. And because he kept doing the right thing, God knew he could trust him. But he's still in a dungeon. I think about Joseph. He was thrown into a pit by his brothers and now he's in a dungeon. Back in the pit again, you know. But God was with him. So, I want to talk about this a little bit. It feels like one of those times when my grandpa Harvey used to tell me a story. It just seems like we're telling stories as we work through this. But 
I, uh, I want to talk about dreams for a minute. You ever, you ever have dreams? How many of you dream at night? You know, once or twice a week at least or so. How many of you did not admit that you dream at night? Just raise your hand. How many of you believe that the dreams that you have at night have meaning? All right? You have meaning in your dreams. A few of you do. I've never felt like any of my dreams had meaning. I felt like my dreams were more related to eating chocolate before I went to bed. And I still think that's probably the case. Sometimes people want to tell me their dreams. And I just don't want to hear them. I'll be honest with you. They don't mean anything. It seems to me they're just telling me this crazy dream and then this happened and then something crazy happens and, and just these dreams. But, but in the ancient world, in fact, in the Old Testament, for the Hebrew, a dream was often considered a message from God. Okay? So if I have a dream and God's speaking to me, I've got to find out what the dream means. For the Egyptians now, different culture where Joseph is, they believed that dreams had meaning, therefore they had to be decoded because they could mean something about the future. And so Joseph is serving in charge of the prison when Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker are thrown into prison. We don't know what they did. We just know that the Bible says that they offended their master and he was angry with his two officials and he throws them into prison. Now, you remember what a cupbearer is, right? A cupbearer not only brings the cup of wine to Pharaoh, to the king, but he drinks the wine first. He tastes it first, all right? The reason he tastes it first is to make sure that it's not poison because a coup was common. Somebody might want to overthrow the king. How do you do that? You put something in his drink. Here, have a drink. Well, that's not going to happen. You take a drink first. If you live, then I'll have a drink. Can you imagine me saying to Annette at our house, Annette, I don't know how long that milk has been here. You take a drink. If you don't get sick, then I'll take some. I don't think that's going to go over well at my house. He also tasted the food. And there was a baker. The baker was responsible for preparing all the food for the king. And now they've landed in prison and Joseph is in charge of them. And one morning... The cupbearer and the baker wake up and they are dejected. Their faces are down. They're sad. And so Joseph sees them and says, why are you guys so sad? And they both say, we had a dream. And we have nobody to interpret the dream for us. Now, in Egypt, interpretations was considered a science. There were magicians and wise men who would give their lives to studying how to interpret dreams because the dream had to be decoded. It may mean something for your future. And Joseph shakes his head and he says, Do not all interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dream. And so, here's the way it works. The cupbearer says, I had a dream. There was a vine growing and there were three branches on the vine. And it began to bud and it began to blossom and it began to produce grapes. And I squeezed the grapes into Pharaoh's cup and I put the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Can you please tell me what the dream means? And Joseph said, well, the three vines mean three days. In three days, you're going to be restored to be the cupbearer for Pharaoh. Good news, huh? And so the baker is listening and thinks, well, <laughs> I, want to, I want to share my dream. And so he says to Joseph, I also had a dream. I had a dream that on my head there were three baskets of bread. 
But in the third baskets, there were all kinds of things of baked goods for Pharaoh to eat. But something weird happened. The birds, they flew over and they ate the bread out of the third basket. And Joseph says, well, those three baskets represents three days. So far, so good, right? But Pharaoh is not going to lift up your head. He's going to lift off your head. We're talking decapitation. And then he's going to impel your body with a pole, and he's going to put the pole in the air. And the birds are going to come and eat your flesh. Had I been there, and the night before, had I had a dream, I would have said, let's don't do mine. I'll just wait and find out later how it all works out. I don't want to know. (laughs) And so, sure enough, three days later, guess whose birthday it is? Pharaoh's. And he wants to have this great feast for all of his servants, and so he does. I mean, it's his birthday. I think I've told you that we told our girls years ago, you can't celebrate a birthday in a day. It takes a week, and so we have birthday weeks. And on your birthday week, you get to choose, and you get to decide things, and you get, you know, little reminders that it's your birthday all week long, maybe a small gift early in the morning or something. It's his birthday week. And so to cap it all off, he wants to throw a party for all of his servants, and then he decides to set the cupbearer out of prison back into his office. And since it's my birthday and I can do whatever I want to do, I think I'm going to behead the baker and pell his body with a pole and put the pole in the air and let the birds come and eat his flesh. Seems sadistic, doesn't it? There's an interesting point in the story, though, that I did not mention to you, and that is this. After Joseph says to the cupbearer, this is the dream and here's what's going to happen. He said, would you do me a favor? I can only imagine the conversation. Sure, you name it. I'm getting out of prison. Would you, would you remember me? Would I remember you? How could I forget you? Well, here's the deal. I, I'm actually a Hebrew and, and I was sold into slavery and, and, and then I was falsely accused and I've landed in prison. I don't belong here, I promise you. I really want to go home. And if you would just remember me, well, absolutely. I'll remember you. We, uh, we were reminded this past week at our district assembly. So we are Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, but around us in Oklahoma there are many Nazarene churches in the northwest, let me get this right, in the southeast sections. And, and we kind of make up this, this, you know, conglomeration of churches, this we call it a district. And we have an overseer, and his name is, is Dr. Terry Rowland. And we were reminded this past week of the blessing of the connection that we have in the Church of the Nazarene. And so we go to Swaziland, and there's Nazarenes there, and we go to Paraguay, and there are Nazarenes there, and we go to Phoenix, to the Native American Reservation, or rather Arizona, and north of Phoenix, and there's Nazarenes there. This, this great connection that we have. And so our district superintendent, Dr. Rowland, has been keeping me aware of this ongoing story in his life for the last year or so. He has a daughter whose name is Penny, and Penny has been offering her, her family, providing foster care for this little girl. Her name is Ava Rose. And, and they decided they wanted to adopt Ava Rose. I think I talked to you about her one other time. But last month, something pretty special happened. Their family showed up in a courtroom with Ava. And I want you to look at this poster, okay? 
1,435 days in foster care. Now, Ava, I think, is about six years old. So, so that in, in is about, you know, just less than four years in foster care. So just when she was two years old, she went to foster care, and she's been in foster care ever since. And what Ava Rose has wanted ever since she has been old enough to be aware is a forever family. And so when they, they would ask Ava, would you like this or would you want to do this? Her response was, it doesn't matter. I just, I just want a family. That's, that's what I want. And so let me show you one more picture, okay? And today, March 25th, just a month ago, 2016, I'm adopted. Isn't that a great story? Yeah, I love it. So here's what I think. I think that the day that that family told Ava Rose, we're going to adopt you. <laughs> I think it was one of the greatest days of her life. There was a lot more paperwork to do, a lot of waiting to do. The court system had to go through its process, but she knew it was coming. Let me tell you something. The day that Joseph watched that cupbearer walk out of prison, Joseph said, <laughs> this is my ticket. Any day now, those old iron doors are going to start clanking as they open them, and they're going to call my name, and I'm going to walk out of this place. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, but the cupbearer forgot Joseph. What? I mean, when I think about his life, that he was sold by his brothers into slavery, that he was falsely accused in Potiphar's house and thrown into prison, what, what worse can happen to him? And Joseph would probably say, I can tell you something that was just a little bit worse. I was forgotten. I mean, to be forgotten? Have you ever said these words? Have they ever come out of your mouth? They forgot me. They forgot about me. And those are hard words to say, aren't they? We knew a family once. They had six kids. They left church one day, got all the way home and realized they'd forgotten one. Had to go back. Pastor was standing on the front steps with a little boy just waiting for them to pick him up. Forgotten. Right? So life has been hard. But now... I don't think anybody remembers I'm here. Just, just forgotten. Two years is a long time. I mean, let's just, let's just say that today you're going to start waiting and you're going to wait for two years. It's not a matter of getting them going to work every day. No, you're going to just be in one place for two years. You're going to wait there for two years. Somebody will bring you a little bit of food, just the basics of life, but for two years you're going to just need to wait. Two years, he waits. Did you ever hear the story about the farmer who lost his cow? And he said, we looked for that cow for ever so long. I mean, we looked and looked and looked. He said, the interesting thing was, 
that although we had looked for the cow on and on and on and on, when we found her, we found her all at once. And that's Joseph's story. It was a morning like any other morning, another dungeon day. And the old bars began to clank around, and the prison door swung open, and the person standing there called Joseph's name. Now, you've got you to think with me for a minute. We don't know how many years he was in prison. It was like he's 30 years old now, and so when he gets out of prison, and so 13 years that he was either at Potiphar's house or prison, if you divide those up, maybe six, seven years in prison. And so we don't know that he's even seen much of the, of the, of the light of day. He's been in a dungeon. He's been wearing rags for clothing. Has he even shaven at all? And so the Bible says that Joseph, they bring him out of the dungeon. He shaves himself. They put new clothes on him. I mean, how long has it been since this guy has had on new clothes? Think about what he's feeling, what's going on through his mind. I mean, is the sun just hurting his eyes so bad he can't stand it? What is life like right now for Joseph? Because a few moments ago he was in a dungeon and a few minutes later he is standing in a palace in front of one of the most powerful men in the world, cleanly shaven because facial hair was offensive to the Egyptians. I'm I'm just saying. Pharaoh says, Joseph, I've been told that when people tell you their dreams, you interpret them. Is that true? Can you do that? (laughs) Joseph's response makes your heart skip just a little. I cannot do that. Wait a minute, son. Let's think about this, okay, before you answer. This is your big moment to shine, all right? I mean, you want to phrase this really carefully. Joseph says, I got this. I'm okay. I've been doing the right thing for a long time. I'm not going to stop now. But Pharaoh, God can give you the answer you desire. But God can. I I can't, Pharaoh, but but God can. There's a God, Pharaoh. I know that your people think you're a God, but there is a God who is nothing like you. And there is nothing that my God can't do. And there's no answers that my God does not have. God can do anything, Pharaoh. God can give you the answer that you desire. And so he tells him this dream I had last night. Two dreams, actually. There were these fat sleek cows coming up out of the Nile and then these ugly gaunt cows came up out of the Nile and they swallowed the the fat plump cows. And then I woke up and I was confused and I went back to sleep and there was another dream. It was like it, but these were ears of grain and there were seven beautiful plump full ears of grain and then there were these skinny scorched ears of grain and the skinny scorched ones ate the others. What's it mean? Joseph says, Pharaoh, this is what it means. There's going to be seven good years. Years of abundance. The land is going to produce like it has never produced, but it's followed by seven years of famine. And I advise you, Pharaoh, 
to find a responsible man. Begin to ration food. Prepare for the seven years of famine that are coming. And, and there stands Joseph a, a little while ago in a dungeon in rags. Now standing before one of the most powerful men in the world. And he says, there is no one as discerning as you. You're the man. I will put you in charge. All of Egypt will submit to you. The only one greater is me. I mean, you've got, you got to get this picture, okay? Here's what they do. They come up to Joseph immediately, and they bring a ring, all right? And they put this ring on his finger. It's a signet ring. It means royalty. It is a platinum credit card. You stamp that on anything, you buy anything you want. I mean, that has power. That is the ring of Pharaoh. They put a gold necklace around his neck. It's a necklace of honor. They put fine garments, linen over his robe that he is wearing. I mean, this man is now being dressed lavishly. And they make a decree that says he will be in the second chariot, second to Pharaoh. He is the second man in all of Egypt. And when he comes through, you bow your knee to Joseph. Who can do this? Who can take a guy out of a dungeon and put him in second command in one of the most powerful countries in the world? I'll tell you who can do it. God can. And over and over and over again, you know what Joseph says to Pharaoh? God, 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 Pharaoh, it's God. God can do it. God, it's God. Keep reading those next few verses. And over and over again, he just says, God, 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 it's not me, it's God. God can do it. Oh, kind of worked up. I love it. Because that's my God. And that's what he's been like in my life. What are, you, what are you suggesting we do, Rick? If we've got lots of questions with no answers. If we're the person saying, okay, you know, life's challenging right now. I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know the purpose behind it. If there even is a purpose. I don't know how long it's going to take to get through it. I don't know what's going to change. I don't know what I'm supposed to be learning. If you're one of those people, let me just look you in the eye this morning and say to you right now, are you hearing me? God did not forget Joseph and God has not forgotten you. The cupbearers in your life may forget you. God will never forget you and God is at work. So here, here's where I'm at in my own life today, okay? I got a situation with a family member that I love very much, and, and here's, here's what it feels like to me. It feels kind of like Joseph in those two years of just waiting and waiting and waiting and nothing happens. You know, just another month on top of another month on top of another month. And if God is working, I don't, I don't see it right now. I can't see it. If God's moving, I'm having trouble seeing it. And I've been praying for this family member of ours, and that's been praying, and we just are saying, God, you know, right? I mean, you're aware. You see what's going on. We just got to trust, right? And sometimes the only thing you can do is wait on God. Do you hear me? That sometimes the only thing you can do is just wait on God. If I could take care of this for them, I would have taken care of it. I promise you, a couple of years ago, it would have been solved. 
And sometimes the only thing you can do is wait on God with the assurance and the promise that God does not forget. And He is at work in your life. So, we, we put in the pew rack in front of you a white card. Looks like this. See it? If you're on the front rows, you might have to get help from people behind you. And, and then we've got these boxes. There's one right here on my right. See this black box? And there's one right here on my left. And there's one right back there at the break on my left. And there's another one right there at the break on my right. And, and I thought maybe this morning there might be some people in the house who says, I've been waiting and waiting. That's the mode I'm in. I've got questions I don't have answers for. I don't know why. I don't know the purpose. I don't know how long. I don't know what I'm supposed to be learning. But this, this is my, my situation. This is my circumstance. And so what I would invite you to do this morning, Harlan's coming we're going we're gonna to sing together. And as we sing together, if you would like to write on that card your situation, they're really deep boxes. Nobody can look in and read, okay? And if you want to just write it there and just say, you know, I'm going to this morning take a step of faith. I'm going to respond this morning. And, and I'm going to walk down and I'm going to put my card with my situation, my circumstance, my concern in that box and here's what I'm doing I'm saying to God God I trust you with my circumstance with my concern the only thing I can do is just wait on you so I'm going to wait and I'm going to trust you and I believe in my heart God You love me. You care about me. You haven't forgotten me. And so I'm just kind of making a statement of faith this morning. This is in God's hands. I know what I'm going to write. You know what you're going to write? So as we sing, if you want to come forward and just drop yours in, I would invite you to do so. Let's stand together, shall we? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But sometimes I wonder what He can do through me. No grace is to show.
receive these good words from the Lord this morning, okay? To Him who is able to do abundantly more than we would ever ask or begin to imagine be glory and honor and power. Amen? Amen. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.